that's what I want for them. I want them to always know that they're loved. They're loved by so many people that this world is so hard and they always have some place to turn. And that's, I, I mean, I want them, even after they leave me, I want them to find some place like that or to become some place like that. And maybe that's why I do what I do because I always longed for a place like that. Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Lilypad Podcast. Let me begin with an apology. I took a week off because if you live in West Virginia, if you're one of my listeners <laughs> who lives in West Virginia, you know that we had uh, very wintry weather last week, and there were some power outages and some trees down. And fortunately, that didn't affect me and my family other than the fact that, like a lot of people in the area, school was canceled, so we were at home, and I didn't have much of a quiet moment in my house last week to work on the podcast. So, you know, I, I just decided to take a week off, which is totally all right. I appreciate any of you who checked up on the podcast to see if I had dropped any new episodes, and, uh, and I know that I have a few loyal listeners who check often, you know, to see whenever I've dropped an episode. And I'm just, I'm very appreciative for that. This is another one of those interviews that I was really excited about. I interviewed Kelly Chapman. She is the, uh, the owner of Kelly's Dance Studio in Cross Lanes, West Virginia. And as you'll hear from this interview, Kelly is just a wonderfully sweet and passionate person who, like a lot of the people I have interviewed, just is in love with what she does. She loves to, loves to dance, she loves to teach dance, and she absolutely loves her students. Three of my daughters have danced with her studio, two of them still do, and they love it. They look forward to going to her dance classes every week. Uh, they're bummed out whenever class is canceled <laughs> or when it's the off season and they don't have dance class. But the incredible thing uh, about Kelly is that Throughout the week, even when the girls are not in dance class, she still keeps in touch. She sends out messages, uh, she calls, just, just to check up and see how her girls are doing. And I think that's just the wonderful sign of, of a teacher who cares. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Like a lot of my conversations, we talk about the, the challenges and the successes that she has had over the years as a dance teacher and as a dancer and some of the uh you know the challenges that have been brought to to her um because of the of the coronavirus so without any further delay here's kelly my guest today is kelly chapman kelly welcome to the lily pad podcast thank you for having me you're welcome. So why don't we start, um, I'm going to let you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and what you do. All right. My name is Kelly Chapman, and I have a dance studio in Cross Lanes, West Virginia. I teach uh, everyone from three-year-olds through adults. Uh, we teach a, a wide curriculum of ballet, tap, and jazz, 
and this is my 29th year. That's that's excellent. I didn't know that you you'd been at you know for for that long. Um, so yeah, that's how long I've had my own studio. I've actually danced for you know, probably 20 more years than that. Okay. When did you first start get get into dance? Were you a kid? Yes, my mom put me in when I was seven. At that time, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, opportunities for little girls. It was either dance or cheerleading. So my mom put me in dance when I was seven and I never stopped. That's neat to hear that, you know, you've been dancing for so long and then it eventually became something that you were so passionate about, you know, that you decided to open your own studio. Did you do any dance competitions or uh, anything like that when you were growing up? No, when I was growing up, those were not wildly popular. Uh, I would attend workshops and conventions, but my dance teacher did not, uh, she didn't start any type of competition stuff really until the last year before I left. So basically I started when I was seven. When I was 12, I started student teaching for her or assisting and it just kind of grew from there. But honestly, after my first couple lessons, when I was seven, I came home and went in my room when I was supposed to be taking off my leotards and stuff. And instead I would dance around my room and play dance teacher. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you that, you, you know, you have taught three of my daughters, um, you know, over the past several years and they always come home from, from your lessons with big smiles on their face. And, you know, I catch them dancing around the house. So <laughs> whatever kind of, of love for dance and passion you had as a kid, you know, you've definitely channeled that to other people's children as well. So that's great to hear. Um, I'm very happy to hear that. Really, all I want the girls, my girls to know is that there's something out there for you whether it's dance or sports or singing, as long as you find it and you hold on to it, it, that makes your life wonderful. And I just want them to have that experience that I had because honestly, dance is the only constant that's ever been in my life. So I just, I just want them to find what what their constant is, what's going to see them through their broken hearts and their hurt feelings and their disappointments. I just want them to feel that there is always a safe place somewhere. That's a very powerful way to, to think and talk about dance. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I don't dance much myself in terms of, <laughs> you know, as, as a practice. I mean, I, I dance to, you know, to have fun around the house and I uh -huh. dance with the kids sometimes. And, um, but I've always enjoyed watching a very well choreographed dance. And you can tell when the choreographer or, or well, and the dancer are putting a lot of feeling and emotion into the dance. And so it's, it's almost like a language. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it is. That's, uh, that's something that I try to get through to uh, my girls even at your girl's young age, is that the best dancer is the one that makes the audience feel something. Uh, it doesn't matter if you can do a turn and revolve 
172 times or whether you can lift your leg up to the ceiling, those have a little bit of the wow factor. But the one that you're going to remember is the one that that touched something inside you that made you feel happy, made you feel sad, made you feel like you wanted to get up and dance also. And, and that's what I tell them all the time. And I'm really, I'm really very proud of them because even at the younger ages, they seem to understand that a little bit as we work through the year with it. So I'm always very proud that I think that's kind of a lot of my girlies strong point is showing their emotions when they dance. My wife and I, we, we have shows that we watch together, you know, on TV and that's, we enjoy that time. But <laughs> one of the shows I started watching with her that I didn't think I would like was, so you think you can dance. Mm-hmm. And they've had some very powerful performances on that show oh, yeah. that, you know, that got me emotional that, you know, so that's, that's great that you, you also want to teach that lesson to your students that the best dancers are the ones that convey some kind of feeling to the audience. That's great. What would you say um, have been some of your biggest challenges, either as a dancer or as a dance teacher? Um, The biggest challenges are probably our ever-changing world. You know, uh, girls are so much more invited to so many other things such as sports the world has opened up for them so much since i started dancing many years ago like i said there was cheerleading and dance class that was about it and now there's they can do anything they want and that's so amazing but from a from a business point of view it makes you fight harder for uh, students to keep them there, to really give them something. The world has changed a bit with so many choices that we often just float from one to the other without staying at one long enough to see, is this something I really, really like? And it's kind of that instant gratification sometimes. And so I find that Probably my biggest challenge is competing with other other activities. Um, and like I said, that's really from a business point of view. From a dance teacher point of view, I don't I don't really know if there's been a lot of challenges other than there's just days that you're tired. Uh, your body's getting older, your knees don't work the way they used to. Nothing does. And I think that's really the only challenge I have as a dancer or a dance teacher. Other than that, it's mostly been more the business side. And that's, that's understandable. And I like that you said that your, your competition is not just other dance studios. I mean, that's probably the obvious, but just other activities that now, you know, it's wonderful that girls can get involved in other things, but Yeah, I can see where it'd be difficult to work around someone who's also involved in, say, softball or, you know, other uh, activities that keep them busy. It is. It's it's usually most of the time it is schedules. My classes are once a week or twice a week if the girls want to come for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And that's, I guess, very hard to work in with some type of schedule that you are going three, four times a week. So often 
I guess we're the ones that get kind of, you know, we can't fit you in our schedule. This is probably a, an obvious question, but has the has COVID made that that challenge even even harder? It's made everything harder for everyone, and I am I am very blessed. I had a lot of people stay with me. I am just in my little bit of knowledge of things you hear and pick up. I think I'm doing a lot better than some studios, unfortunately. And I'm probably not doing as well as some and doing better than some of the others in keeping a student volume, but it has made it different. Um, other than the obvious reasons last year when this hit, so many left any activity they were doing. And it's, it was very, it's understandable, but being a small business owner, especially working with children and getting so attached, it's hard to separate that this is what's happening in the world as opposed to, I have done something wrong. And I know that is very silly, but when you work with children, you get so, so attached and so involved in their little lives. And then all of a sudden they're not there and it makes you feel like you've done something, even though logically, you know, you haven't. And it's, I think the biggest, um, of course, business wise, you know, COVID has been devastating to so many, but for me, it was more the, more the lost opportunity of forging relationships with parents and children that maybe were just, had just started the year or were only with me for a year. So I kind of look at it like I missed out on a lot of laughter and love and possible friendships. And I can, I can relate to that as a public school teacher, you know, I I mean, of course I want to be safe and I want my students to be safe, but at the same time, I really miss that classroom full of students, you know, and having things like assemblies and athletic events and school dances, you know, that's definitely because you make connections with your students and parents and with your fellow faculty. I mean, having faculty luncheons and and things of that sort and all of that just altered as a result of the virus. So Yes. And, And logically, you know what you need to do and that you want to keep everyone safe and you want to be safe. But at the same time, it's just such taking such a chunk out of who you are at that time. So it's, it's been definitely something. (laughs) For sure. So then on the flip side of that, of my last question, um, what would you say have been some of your greatest successes either as a dancer or as a dance teacher? Um, Well, I still have students that, or past students that, you know, are now in their thirties, at least, that I still talk with. And I think that's wonderful. I've made some nice friendships along the way of girls that had danced with me since they were three, and then they graduated, went to college, and got back in touch with me. And now they're you know, what I consider friends. Um, so there's that. There's also just. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Hearing that you, have, you, you know, your studio has been in business for 29 years. 
that would that would mean that there is something unique that you offer because to be in competition not just with other dance studios but also with other activities and yet to still have a consistent uh group of girls you know who come to dance for your studio um there's there, there's something you're doing right um thank you what would what do you think maybe that is do you think it's the creativity do you think it's the consistency i've thought a lot about that and a few years ago i had i thought i had the opportunity to move to a larger facility it was actually something that i'd been worried and praying about for a very long time and this opportunity came up and it was in my mind i was like huh i think this is the answer and it fell through and I was, I was disappointed that it fell through, but at the same time, I was kind of glad because I kept thinking that what if, what if whatever it is that makes us, us <laughs> Kelly's that it, it was due to being in a smaller space I don't know. I worried that if I moved, that I would lose that. And that's kind of silly sounding, but, but I did worry that. And I, I just, I think our place is very welcoming. I think that's the main, the main draw of it. Um, we laugh a lot in class. I love to get to know the girls from the very first class, you know, we asked them, any brothers, any sisters, how old are you? What do you do? What do you want to be? And we do that all. I mean, I like to know about them. They're not just, this is my Monday at 530 class. They are individuals to me. And, and I'm sure other dance teachers are like that also, because you can't work with children and not feel that way. But I think that maybe it's just warm and welcoming. I hope it is. <laughs> and as a parent, just observing as a parent, um, you know, I think you also offer the, the girls um, something, you offer them an experience. Um, and sometimes yeah, it, it would have to be your creativity because sometimes that experience is immersive and it's an adventure. <laughs> you know, I remember, uh, you know, during the holiday season, you had sent out letters about the elves mm -hmm. at the studio and my girls got really excited about trying to figure out what mischief those elves might be. Up <laughs> and they would come to class when they came to class, they were looking for the elves and you were telling them stories about what the elves did this time. So that it, it offers them an experience that's not only about dance. It's also about feeling like you said, welcome and like they're a part of something bigger than just learning some dances. And they, and they are, and that's, I can't thank you enough for saying that because I don't remember 29 years ago um, how I felt when I opened other than terrified, but it had come to a point that it was either take a leap of faith, open my own or get out of dancing altogether. And I can't imagine, I couldn't imagine anything else for me. So I'm sure those first few years I was very worried about, always doing the right thing and and how was I doing it but as it went on it became more and more and more about the girls that are there not 
not really what I'm doing. I want to do a good job. I want to give them a very nice recital. I want to give them a good technique that they're in the way that they learn. But more than anything, I just want to give them a safe place. I want them to feel like when they come in, they are they are them. They don't have to impress me in any way. They don't have to pretend to be something that they're not. And I, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I, I heard my teens, I overheard my teens, a few of them talking about two years ago. And it was just very, very heartwarming. And they were out in the waiting room talking uh, to themselves or to each other about how much they liked coming there, that when they came there, they felt like as soon as they walked in the door, they dropped all their baggage at the bottom of the stairs. And they came up and they had a good time here. And they never had to think about the outside world until they went back downstairs and out the door. And I can't tell you how that made me feel because that's that's what I want for them. I want them to always know that they're loved. They're loved by so many people that this world is so hard and they always have some place to turn. And that's, I, I mean, I want them, even after they leave me, I want them to find some place like that or to become some place like that. And maybe that's why I do what I do because I always longed for a place like that. It's an excellent answer. Well, I'm going to, I was going to ask you my final question, but I think you may have already uh, <laughs> said some things that, that sort of uh, touch on that, but I'll go ahead and officially ask it and we'll see if you have anything to add. 2020 proved to be a, a very difficult year for, for pretty much everyone. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is because, you know, I knew that there were people out there who, even in the midst of all the challenges, they were they were doing their part to try to make the world a better place. So my question for you is, how do you feel you're making a difference in the world today? Um, well, first, I want to congratulate you on your podcast. I think this is a wonderful thing. And it's just so nice to have some positivity to find. And I, I just thank you for this. Um, and then to answer your question, uh, I just... COVID has been horrible. Uh, the from the within the twenty nine years, things have changed a lot, as we talked about, and so much. And it's harder to harder to you know find new students. It's harder sometimes to pay your bills. Um, but through it all, that's who I am. And at the studio, I try to teach girl power to the girls um, we don't have any boys we just our area does not seem to promote boys dancing so that used to disappoint me but if I don't know five six seven years ago I decided well you know what I have girls I'm not gonna have any boy dancers and that's okay with me and I learned to embrace that more with the with being able to talk to them about girl power and I try very hard to teach them that girl power is still being feminine also. You don't have to be abrasive, but it's about being able to do what you want. 
and find the way it's, it's to think for yourself and to not take the opinion of others and to find the way to make what you want happen to make it happen. And I'm going to be truthful. Um, during all this mess, there have been times that I haven't wanted to get off my couch and I haven't wanted to go out there and open up. And there have been some really low points that I have thought about just shutting my doors and that's it. But it's those girls out there that won't let me do that. It's what would I be saying to them? And what would I be saying to them about girl power if I took the easy way out and said, oh, well, it's too hard. I quit and I can't do that to them. So I drag myself off the couch. I get dressed and I go out there and within 10 minutes of class, I forget all about that. I guess I've dropped my baggage at the downstairs door, but that's it. And I look at them and I hear them laugh and I hear some of them say, this is the only activity we have now. And I think there is no way that I could ever quit on these girls. And honestly, I guess I feel as though that's a difference that I've made, even with especially within myself, but it's the girls that keep me going. And I tell them that if it wasn't for them, I might've taken the easy way out and said, oh, it's too hard, but that's, that's not the example I want to set for them. So I just keep on plugging along. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate your You're honesty. Um, I know that, yeah, it last year, 2020 was a difficult year. Um, yes. I think there's an overall feeling of hope um, that, that everyone is feeling right now. Uh, I know for myself, I've definitely felt more positive and hopeful than I did, you know, midway through last year. So yes, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you also decided to, to keep going, even when it was difficult. I, I pray for all the girls every night and their families. And it's just, there's gotta be a light at the end of the tunnel. And I know it's coming and I just, as I, I just, I just feel so blessed that I'm still here and I hate so much that so many aren't and I, I don't know, it's, it's just, it has been very challenging and that is, that is my biggest fear through this has been the mental health of all of our girlies. So I want them to get back into activities and be able to hug each other and laugh and go to movies and just be young. I, I worry so much about, about all of this isolation with them. And so I think it's time for the sun to shine and everybody to come out of their caves <laughs> and just live a healthy life. It's very well said. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This this has been great. I really like talking to you. And um, you. tell our listeners, uh, if they want to find out more about you or about your studio, how can they find that information? Uh, the easiest way is my website, which is www.kellysdancestudio.com. And we are located right behind Dunkin' Donuts. We're hoping every evening from at least... 6 through 9.30, usually earlier than that, but that's a good time. So anyone who is interested 
can contact me on the website or they're more than welcome just to drop in, come up, meet us, get some information, try a class, even if even if you don't think it's for you, just come up and have fun with us one evening. That sounds great. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate this. It's been a pleasure talking Ooh. to you. And I've uh, had a great time. Well, thank you. Well, we'll we'll see you and talk to you again soon. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Lilypad podcast. For more information about our show and for notes about each episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Lilypad Podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, give us a follow on Spotify. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people learn about this podcast. So once again, thanks for listening.